0: Welcome to a special episode of Life in the Front Office, Episode Fifty. I'm your host Jay Kirschman, and today I'm honored to have guests Marie Tuite and Pat Gallagher. Now, Marie is the Athletic Director at San Jose State University, and Pat, my one of my co-hosts. So, really looking forward to the episode. We're going to dive into Marie's uh, career within college athletics, and a really, really impressive one. Um, She's been in the business for quite a few years and in fact is one of 10 female athletic directors at the division one level. So uh, really excited to have her on to uh, share her wisdom and insights into the uh, industry and we'll go from there.
1: I will. So Marie, I, you know, I, I was, it was a pleasure. I, uh, we don't know each other well, but I had a chance to meet with you uh recently and talked about it and I doing some research. And when I said, you know, I was impressed when I heard that you were uh, one of 10 women uh, athletic directors, but then when I found <laughs> out there's, there's 347 division one NCAA schools and you're one of 10 who run one of these programs. Is that possible?
2: Right. <laughs> yes and no. So it's a little bit tricky because uh, we sponsor football at at what's called the FBS level. That's called the, the Football Bowl Subdivision level. Mm-hmm. And um, in the state of California, there are seven institutions that play at that level: the four Pac-12, San Diego State, President ourselves. There's lots of other schools in the state of California that have football: the Davis, X, Eight, Cal Poly, but they don't play at our level. Of the 130 at that level, there are only nine women. That are athletic directors that oversee. Uh, Santa Clara has a Division One program. They do not sponsor football, and they have a women's athletic director. But when you look at the football components, BS level, um, there's only. And what's interesting is when I was hired as the athletics director, May seventeenth of twenty seventeen, there were only nine, and today there are still only nine. We had ten for a while, then. <laughs> one dropped off. One dropped off, so we're back at nine. So yeah, it's it's a pretty unique situation.
1: Well, you're, and it's it's great because you're, you know, I mean, it's uh, you're a pioneer, and um, and it's, you know, let, let me just take it, take us back. Is that you you actually were a were a, a college level athlete back at uh, Central Michigan. And uh, you were in two sports. I know you're a, you're part of the school's Hall of Fame. But to, uh, when you were when you were an athlete in college, did did you kind of think this was going to be your path? Take us what what was your what was your thought process?
2: Right. Well, I'm I'm what you would call pre-title nine. I actually participate in college when my the senior, when I graduated from Central Michigan University, the freshman class of women coming in received scholarships. So I was just a little bit ahead of my time. But I grew up with four brothers. And if you want to, if you want to learn how to compete, compete against <laughs> four brothers. That's where I sort of, and I, um, so I participated in basketball and field hockey. Uh, I had no idea, uh, that I would have a career at that time. I started my master's in public administration. Uh, I thought at one point I would be an element bull. So, um, I, I didn't think that my path would be in athletic administration. Uh, but the way that it sort of played out, uh, I started coaching after I graduated, and then from coaching I went into administration. And I'm a pretty typical uh, path that athletic directors follow in that I was a coordinator, then I was an assistant athletic director, an associate athletic director, a senior associate, a deputy, and then I became an athletics director. That's a pretty normal path most athletic directors grew up uh, sort of going through, you know, a number of those positions the way I did. What was different was that I never, and actually I was interviewed a couple months ago, and they said, well, how did you prepare to be an athletics director? And I said, I never thought I'd be one. Uh, I didn't exactly see a path of opportunity in front of me. There weren't you know, other women administrators that uh, most of my mentors are obviously men. And I didn't think, to be honest with you, that I would have the opportunity. I remember thinking in my 30s, and I was actually with an athletics director. I I, I won't name him. uh, And I saw him and how he handled himself and the skill set he had. And I remember thinking, I can do that job. And actually, I think I can do that job better than that guy's doing the job. Uh, but it wasn't really until uh, later in my career where I started spending more time managing football, men's basketball, managing revenue streams, being around the decision making table. Uh, and I really thank my male uh, mentors for those opportunities because that's really uh, how I learned and prepared to be an athletics director.
1: I mean, you have to be, aside from a, you know, from a, a love of athletics and an appreciation for athletics. I mean, you've got to be a good business person. You have oh. to. And this is, we're not talking about, uh, I was kind of kidding you, uh, and I'm not casting any aspersions. This is not like being a, uh, an athletic director at one of the elite schools where right. you've got a huge alumni funding base. You've got big television contracts, whatever. You know, you're at San Jose State, which is a big school. I mean, you've got, what, 35,000 students, mm-hmm. but, it's a, but you're also in the Bay Area, which 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 creates an interesting challenge i mean how do you when you when you look at it what do you think what do you think you have to do to be successful right, in this right, role
2: right um and and you know i love my job i and i i love I, I you know i was the deputy director here for seven years before i became the athletics director so i had a good pulse on on all the wonderful things about san jose state and then certainly the challenges Uh, But this this is a difficult job because what I'm trying to do is to build uh, a sustainable uh, football program that year in and year out can compete for Mountain West championships. And Mountain West is a conference that we find ourselves in, which is a perfect footprint for us. The schools that are in the Mountain West, we align very well with. Uh, But, you know, we've had three winning seasons at uh, in about 25 years at San Jose State. So we have not built a culture of success in our football program. Um, The good news uh, is that we have the right coach who is navigating the ship. Uh, Coach Brennan came on board two. And I spent my whole life around football coaches and have been at large state schools. I was at Cal, I was at Washington for 14 years. So again, I have a good pulse on what it takes to build a football program. Uh, But it has been difficult here with, um, unfortunately, with a football program that hasn't been as successful uh, as I feel we need to be. uh, And with a smaller donor base, and you add the Bay Area and the challenges, but I I have a tendency to focus on what we do have and not as much what we don't have. Uh, and we have a terrific academic institution. Our obviously our location is a plus. And you know I I I, I kind of joke a little bit that you know if you could buy stock in San Jose State football, I I'd I'd have you buy every share you could because <laughs> I am convinced that we're putting in place, you know we're putting in place um, the right pieces. We have a president who is committed to being here in the long run. You have an athletic director and me who really wants to be at San Jose State and get it done here. I I, I know my agent says, don't say this, but I want this to be my last job in <laughs> athletics. Uh, and I've got a football coach who grew up here and his mom and dad went to school here and his his family's from here, his wife's family's from here. You know, he's got a home in the community. So we have the leadership pieces, I think, in place. Uh, It just, it takes time and it takes resources and uh, we're working real hard every day. Um, And my other, I, we have 22 athletic programs here. So you're right. It is a very large, broad-based athlete, division one athletics program. And we're doing terrific things in some of our other sports. Um, And I'm really, really excited uh, about the future of the athletics program here. We, We have to get this football piece right. And, uh, I'm excited for, you know, our first games coming up uh, against Northern Colorado, and I'm excited for the season to start. And we're going to get out there and compete. That's that's the goal.
0: Marie, what's, you know, as you've gone throughout your career, what are some of the things that you've learned from, you mentioned your mentors, but then the other coaches you've been around about culture,
2: not only mm-hmm. on the
0: field and, and in the locker room or in the classroom, but also within your department and the types of people that, you know, you surround yourself with. Um, within the athletics department, what are some things that you can maybe share about culture and Mm -hmm. and not only building it, but then maybe even stepping into one and, and trying to give it, you know, a shape of its own.
2: Right. And Hey, you know, that's, you know, culture is a little bit like, you know, the word, you know, innovation, it gets used quite a bit when you look at, um, you know, uh, businesses and enterprises. And especially I think for me, you know I had been here seven years, so had a good pulse on how things were. But then, when I became the athletics director, it was important for me to really uh make sure that staff and coaches you know were were aware of the kind of athletics program that uh, that I want to build here and and I have some you know some some pretty simple uh you know, goals for, and I meet with every single person and every graduate assistant, every employee in this department I meet with one on one, and I tell them some pretty basic things, which number one, You know, I'm looking for people with, you know, we got to have good moral compasses. You know, we are sort of the front porch to the university and we have to make the right decision every single day because, you know, there are more eyes on an athletic program than just about any division at the university. But um, and that we're going to do it the right way. Sometimes you can, you know, be successful cutting corners. Uh, and we're not going to do that at San Jose State. You know, my president expects it, and I expect it that we're going to, again, follow NCAA rules and regulations every day. We're going to have fun. We're going to work hard. Um, you know, this, this is a challenge here, and uh, I want people to be excited about the process and uh, be optimistic that we are going to get to a place where we can, again, you know, have a more vibrant uh, program in football and men's basketball. Um, But, you know, culture is interesting because, to be honest with you, um, you know, I've kind of found that often in trying to change culture, you often have to change people. That, Mm -hmm. you know, to their nature, you know, I'm not so sure how much people actually really change. I think you have to really work hard at making sure you have a positive environment. Like I said, we talk about what we do have. You know, we don't say that we're a commuter school. Any of the, any of the hard knocks against uh, San Jose State, you know, we don't, we don't have that kind of language in the athletics department. We're just going to roll our sleeves up and we're going to work hard and we're going to do it the right way. And I need everybody, everybody uh, to be on the same page and in the same lane with me. And, and for the most part, you know, I, I think we have that here. We've got some challenges like any kind of work environment. Uh, but we're going to, you know, I'm building a program that uh, you know is accountable with integrity and with compassion, and those are the those are the core values that we move with every day
0: and and as you as you lead the organization um, I guess some would say pat you, would you consider yourself a trailblazer in in some parts of the industry or you know almost blazing the trail for for those to come behind you but I guess, who were the who are the most impactful people that you leaned on uh, as you rose up the ranks? And, and at one point, you probably hit a, a fork in the road with your career where, you know, you did turn right and say, yeah, I could be an athletic director, kind of like you pointed out earlier. What uh, what were some of those people, um, or who were some of those people, and, and what was their impact
2: mm-hmm. on you? Yeah, I've had quite a few of them, um, and, you know, almost at every position. And I think what's been beneficial for me in my career is not only, you know, most of my experience, like I said, is at large state schools, but I also worked at the NCA and championships. As I got out of school, I was at a private liberal arts college. And, and then I was even spent some time at a Jesuit school. Uh, so I've had some experience. And at each of those places along the way, um, clearly there was someone that um, I worked for and worked with that certainly helped me see the road. And then I think I've also, um, you know, I've tried to be to learn as much as I can around some of the most successful people in the business. Um, And that, you know, and by that, I mean, you know, my closest, I would say one of my closest colleagues is Bruce Arena, who was the men's um, national soccer coach, and he was the Olympic coach. And um, and, you know, Bruce, I learned so much from him on what it takes to be successful at a high level. More recently, the two people that have had the biggest impact on me were the two previous athletic directors here. First, Tom Bowen, who hired me. And then after about 18 months, almost two years, he left and went to Memphis. Um, and then Gene Blameyer came in as the athletics director. And, you know, to this day, those are, you know, those are two individuals that when I and looking to make a a difficult decision, um, you know, I turn to. uh, And then since I've been here at San Jose State, there's, you know, two significant donors, Chuck Davidson and Rich Thawley, who are both really, really strong mentors for me. So um, I will say that I'm I'm really good at um, reaching out to those individuals when I'm looking to make a difficult decision, and I don't rush to make a decision, but I think men... um, I learned later in my life how important mentors were, and I, and I learned it from men. I actually think that it's something women, we have to do more of, is to develop these mentorships early in our careers uh, because they're so valuable uh, to us. Um, and I've been really fortunate to have some s- significant folks in my life that I can turn to. It's been, you know, it really is really helpful for me because, you know, it's it's kind of lonely. I'll be honest with you. Sort of being the athletics director, um, and uh, you know, you you you're managing this really large department, and and those people have been crucial and will continue to be as I go through my career path.
1: So, Maria, what do you do to keep your to keep your sanity. I mean, what I mean, what what I mean by, you've got a a high pressure job. You've got a very visible job. Mm -hmm. You've got, you know, there's, there's lots of things that are sort of out there. And also you're, you know, one of the 10 women now who are doing this. So, you know, you, you're going to become a role model or you are a role Mm -hmm. model, whether you like it or Mm -hmm. not, but what, what are the, what are the things you do in life that sort of gets you centered and and keeps you going
2: well and that you know that's something that i think i you know it was interesting because in in this interview i did a couple months ago you know one of the questions was how much different was is it for you to sit in the number one chair instead of the number two because i was the deputy and to be honest with you i didn't find the the day-to-day decisions and the day-to-day work to be that much different. And again, that's a credit to the athletic directors I've worked with. What I find is just this whole new level of sort of worrying, you know, and, 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 you know, I worry about the student athletes that I serve, Uh, you know, I worry about a title nine issue. Um, You know, are, are the coaches making the right decisions every day in the, in the well-being of our student athletes? I find that that's, that's the emotion that I have to manage. And, the good news is I've always, you know, taken pretty good care of myself. Um, you know, I'm pretty healthy and pretty active. And, you know, as a basketball player, and I still got some game in me. That's what I tell people <laughs> anyhow. Yeah, I've, I've asked my basketball coaches to play me one-on-one. They won't. They're afraid to play me, and they should be. You know, my nickname's Lightning, so I can go to the basket. Uh, but I, I, I do practice a lot of self-care, but it's, it's a challenge because – you know, I work, you know, pretty much every day. I, I don't, you know, I haven't been away from work much in the two years I've served as the AD. Uh, but you know, I, I have always you know realized that I've got to take care of myself to do the very best job I can, I can do. I'm going to get to a place where I can be away from here a little bit more. Uh, but I think, you know, you probably know when you start a new job, you're all in for a while. So it's, uh, but um, every day, you know, I come fired up, sleeves rolled up, ready to get after it and uh, excited about, you know, having the opportunity to be the athletics director. And I want to I want to say you one know. really quick thing about being a female. And I realize this, you know, part of the reason there aren't more women is there used to be this sense that in order to manage a football program at this level, A, you have to have been a man or B, you know, and played football. So I'm, you know, it's over for two. But I realized to think that I couldn't command a room of 100 football players and 15 male football coaches is not only, you know, a discredit or disrespectful to women. But I have found it's even more, in my opinion, offensive to men to think that those young men uh, that I saw today at practice, you know, and engaged with and laughed with and also, you know, was stern with a couple of them to make sure they're doing what they're supposed to be doing to think that they wouldn't take direction for me or be respectful of me is actually i think offensive to them so i just wanted that's to kind of that's a throw big that in that, there.
1: yeah that's a big that's a big insight yep. to do mm-hmm. that as you're kind of going forward and doing yep. that and you know it, it's it's there's so many things it, to be athletic director you also have to be able to know how to work the room yes now the work, could room, the work in the room could be with some alumni, it could be with some students, it could be some assistants, but you also have to quickly figure out who your audience is, mm-hmm. and you have to be true to yourself, but you have to do that, and that's something that you do, you know, on a regular basis. So. Yes,
2: uh, that is a certainly a, a huge part uh, of the job, and Um, You know, I I, every event I attend, I I make sure I interact with every table and every person. And um, I think I think that is one of my strengths is, um, you know, I enjoy being around people and enjoy interacting. And, you know, for so many people, too, and, you know, athletics and whether it's, you know, going to a Giants game or going to a Spartans game, you know, it's their fun and entertainment, and and they're excited and they look forward to it. And you know, it's part of their uh, their everyday life, their social life, is you know providing this opportunity uh, through sport. Um, and the beauty of sport is you never know the outcome, and every year is a new year. So no matter how bad you were or how good you were the last year, you start this season with this sense of kind of hope and optimism. And, you know, I love that. My footprint is higher education. I mean, I am committed to the the student part of the word student athlete. But no matter what level uh, of sport that you either participate or that you are a spectator to, that whole social environment that comes along with it is an important piece of the puzzle uh, for the experience experience. Um, and uh, if you have a major football program like we do, there are a lot of social activities that are associated with it. And then you add our other 21 programs and, the, uh, um, you know, the nights and the weekends, there's a there's a lot of activity that's going on and it's fun. I, I enjoy it. Closer to the top
0: and, and now sitting in the seat that you are. You know, obviously, there's a lot of different departments within your department. Right. You've got your tickets, mm-hmm. you've got your your marketing, your sponsorships, your. Uh, digital development. I mean, you, you can go down mm-hmm. the list, right? Yep. Are there any areas in which you've A, you know, learned a lot more about since you've uh, been a deputy and an athletic director? Uh, and then are there other areas in which, you know, quite frankly, you've taken further interest in uh, now that you're in the seat that you are and, and with the spectacle that you, you know, are given? Mm-hmm.
2: Um. Yes. And uh, I think, again, one of the things that, you know, sort of being my authentic self, I'm not afraid to admit to areas where perhaps I don't have as much experience. Um, And what's the beauty of my job here, and I think this is really kind of a sign of of any leader, is, you you know, you surround yourself with folks that can mitigate the things that perhaps you're not as good at. Um, and I certainly have done that here. Um, uh, my deputy director, who when I used to explain to people who he was, I used to finally just say, he's the new me. And then they go, oh, OK, OK, now we get it, <laughs> you know, instead of trying to explain all of it. But his name is Steve O'Brien and um, he's a bellarmine grad and went to Santa Clara. But, um, you know, he has a law degree from USC. He's very uh, you know, skilled in contract negotiations. Uh, which is an area that I don't have as much experience in. So, and we deal with a lot of um, contracts, whether it's through our corporate partners, whether it's through Adidas, with, you know, lots of whether it's through uh, television. Um, and he has a really, he has a much better sense of that than I do. Um, you know, I've never been crazy about compliance. Uh, I, well, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm dead crazy about following the rules, and I'm actually. Even if you walked in my office and asked me an NCA rule, I would probably know the answer, but I would still send you down the hall to the compliance people uh, to make sure they give you the answer. I knew early I never wanted to do compliance. That wasn't an area that I was interested in. And I have a senior associate who oversees compliance and rules education. So any good, where I feel my strength is, is really um, in you know building relationships with people. I'm, I think I can look at a program and look at the pieces of the puzzle of the program and realize what's missing. Uh, And then I think I'm really good at hiring as far as individuals that can take us to the next level. Um, So, and, you know, I I have a lot of experience in, and you're right. There's, you know, there's the external umbrella, there's the internal umbrella, and then there's also the student services uh, umbrella. Mm -hmm. And at our level, you have full-time people, you know, in, each of those umbrellas at a smaller school, you might oversee annual giving and supervise the baseball coach and then also do financial aid. So you take a little bit of every umbrella. But at this level, you're pretty dedicated to one area. And I've been fortunate through my career to spend time in all three umbrellas. You know, athletic directors, we, we really do two things. We manage people and we raise money. You know, it's not that easy But those are the things that are so important. Uh, I got asked, what's the hardest thing you do? And I said, the hardest thing you do is also the most important thing, and that's the people you hire. Because you either are going to solve some problems or you're going to create some. And then you've got to figure out this revenue stream because that's so important to presidents about how do you generate revenue to support the enterprise of athletics as under the umbrella of higher education and you have to have the skill set to do that absolutely pat pat you're all about as far as, as hiring
0: problem creators. well yeah I, you know i have i have this no
1: i have this if, if maria and i'll i won't subject to you now this i have this thing about you know there's two kinds of people in life there's problem solvers and problem mm-hmm. creators and oversimplification but I think also as you're going through and you're you're making decisions to bring people on your team, you know, your antenna gets pretty sharp as you get more experience on what sort of the things to look for. But you know what? You'll still make
2: mistakes. Yes.
1: And I think that one of the key things is, uh, and I've, Hey, I've been guilty of this is that you make a mistake and then you don't want to admit it. And then mm-hmm. you live with it. Then you start making up your own excuses. Sometimes you, 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 you know, one of the things you, you do learn is, Uh, don't beat yourself up when you make a mistake, just fix it, move on. Because the the thing that really got me is all the people who depend upon you in the program, they're counting on you to fix, you know, it to to not be so, you know, so, so big headed Mm -hmm. about doing it that you won't admit, admit some of the shortcomings. And it's a, it's a skill because you have to have, you know, you have to have, conviction but you also have to have some vulnerability and be able to understand what that is you're really you're a coach you're coaching this this organization Mm -hmm. and it's not oversimplification simplification but that's what you're really doing
2: and you know i've made some hires that i thought would be you know grand slams and uh they weren't and i've also made some hires where i've held my breath a little bit and they have just become champions so you're absolutely right and you know, in, in, in trusting your instincts, but usually your biggest supporter is the person who hired you. You know, they're the ones that are cheering for you. They're the ones that want you to do well. When there's change in that leadership level, sometimes that's where you find yourself to be a little bit more vulnerable. Now it's interesting because I also, and I've done this for like 12 or 13 years. I teach uh, a week, actually a couple of weeks out of the year, up at the University of Washington in their athletic leadership program. And the question you get asked is, when do you make a coaching change? And people often think it's because of wins and losses. But in reality, and this kind of helps guide you, it's w- really when your student athletes are no longer having the kind of experience at the co- collegiate level that that you want them to have. And that we really as a as a member of the San Jose State family, they should be having. So you've got some indicators to sort of lead you. But it's it's an interesting art, the hiring of people and motivating them and working with them. Um, and, you know, I think, what's the saying? Uh, I think it was Pickens who said, you know, you can't aim, aim, aim and never shoot. You know, the, you're correct. At some point, you're going to have to cut your losses again. For me, it's always what experiences the student athletes having, and then certainly have other factors, whether it's donations or attendance or whatever uh, but you know it's it's and here's here's really important for me, often the business decision is 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 can be easy to make it's the emotional decision because you know you're impacting mm-hmm. families and careers, and the minute the emotional decision. And this happened recently where I had to make a tough decision and I, you know, I didn't sleep for a couple nights and I struggled with it. And the minute I'm not struggling with it is the minute I get out. I mean, the minute that I'm not mm-hmm. really pulled my heartstrings and knowing the impact of a decision, then I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to get out because you lose that empathet- empathetic reflex. And, uh, you know, that's just that's that's not how a leader, in my opinion, should manage. And uh, and so those decisions are really important. Like I said, hiring and, and, and making decision to make changes to the most important things we do.
0: About the hiring aspect of things, you know, as any uh, candidate would do is, you know, do their homework and be prepared for the interview and, and through all the steps along the way. What do you do on the other end in terms of being prepared for who you who you're interviewing and who you're, you know, really trying to see if uh, there's a fit to to bring them on board to make your department better.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, So I have an excellent senior staff. There's, you know, six individuals. I got two deputies and I have the four senior associates except for, uh, and even positions to senior staff, the deputies uh, and the senior associates actually do quite a bit of the work. Um, And then, uh, if, if let's say I'm looking for a head coach for tennis, then the sports supervisor for that sport would really do quite a bit of the background work. And then I kind of come in when the, when the candidate pool list is, has, is down to a manageable number. I think my staff again knows what I'm looking for, but you know, again, it's funny because when you go to hire a coach, they're like, what kind of offense are you looking for? What kind of defense? <laughs> and again, and again, I start with that moral compass. I mean, I want to think about tennis. I don't want to worry about it. And there's a big difference, uh, you know, in athletics and this vibrant athletics program, uh, football program can, can elevate the university, but a, uh, a sports program that's not doing it the right way can bring, uh, an athletics program in a university down in two seconds. And we have, hundred, you know, we've got lots of cases like that on the national level. So I'm, again, uh, you know, I'm really big on hiring the person and, uh, you know, what kind of energy did they bring? What what is who were their mentors? I'm really big on that. Who did they learn from? Who taught them to be sort of to be the person that that they are? So um, and then, you know, what I like to do is to be honest with you, I like to make the wow hire where i all go, wow, this is my person. This is my guy. This is my gal. Wow. And I hope that's the easiest search when you do that and you know that this is the person and you believe that this person can move your program forward. Um, I had to make a number of hires last summer, uh, baseball, women's golf, women's gymnastics, track. You know, there's was quite a few changes. Um, and, uh, and you know, those searches went really, really well for me. And I knew the person that I was hiring. The, the hardest part for me in hiring is, you know, I'm looking to hire a coach where you know it's a marathon. Now, you're going to build a sustainable program here, but coaches are running sprints. You know, they 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 want to be great immediately, as opposed to looking to to build it and to build it um, so that it again it, it can sustain success and not have these one-off years that I think for a lot of programs at San Jose State has experienced. So. Um, so it's, it's – but I do drop everything I'm doing when I'm looking to make a major hire. It is a 24-hour uh, – I know, you know, I've spent, you know, a full day in Las Vegas interviewing 12 coaches in one day to try and get to a core of where I really felt these are the people that we really need to dial down on. So it's all hands on deck until you sort of get through the, the search.
1: Wow. It, and you've got people – you know, all the different coaches you have, you've got people that are at different stages of their lives and of their careers too. Mm -hmm. I mean, some, some of them, some of them are looking to, to prove themselves. Some of them want to be the best they can be at this stop. You know, you've got to keep an eye out for the ones that are either looking for a place to hide or the ones who don't, you know, who, who just don't have the, you know, they, they don't have the, the student athlete mind. I mean, you're not creating professional actors. Correct. You're creating good yep. people. You're creating
2: good people. Good citizens, yeah. So. Yep. And, uh, you know, I've got coaches who, you know, they want to die at San Jose State. You know, maybe they went to school here or their families are from here. And I've got coaches who I know, uh, well, and it happened with, you know, Mike McIntyre a few years ago. And, you know, he had a 12-1 and season in football and he left and went to Colorado. And, um, and you know, Coach Mac and I, um, are very close, close to this day. And, uh, things didn't work out at Colorado and now he's a coordinator at Ole Miss, but I have coaches that as soon as they sort of get things turned around, they want to go to the next level. And, you know, I support that. I mean, um, you know, Mm -hmm. that's a challenge for them. You know, they want to see, can they be the very, very best at the highest level? And, um, I've got a women's soccer coach, Lauren Hanson, who may be one of the, in my entire career, may be one of the best coaches I've been around. And, Um, You know, she was courted last year. She'll probably be courted again this year at some of the, you know, power five schools. But um, it's one of the greatest compliments is when someone hires one of your people. That means that, you know, you prepared them and maybe helped them develop transferable skills. And um, and then again, you know, I want you know, I want this to be a place that, you know, people feel that they can really reach their goals. And that's where providing coaches with the resources and the support uh, so they feel that, you know, that they can, they can be competitive at a high level. That's, that's my job to, to try and do that for them.
1: And I said before, you, you know, you by, just by your, where, where you are, you're going to become a role model for, uh, for, for everybody, but particularly for women who are in the business. And, you know, here we are in 2019 and there's 10 athletic directors, Mm -hmm out of 347 um you know what i mean what do you what do you think it's going to take to um to i I don't know that we're going to get to 50 50 Mm -hmm. but but what is it going to take uh for more for more women to aspire to and be considered to be athletic right
2: and you know i thought quite a bit about that because um you know i want there to be more i want there to be more women around the table um and, you know, in thinking, you know, why is it sort of the way it is? I think there's a lot of factors that get involved with it. But, you know, women have to understand that, first of all, they have to want to be able to really spend the time that it takes to, to become an athletics director. And, again, you know, I have two sons, and, um, but I, I was away a lot. I was not you know, home a lot. And so you have to balance that tug. You know, now what's interesting is, you know, my boys, you know, they didn't realize I mean, they are happy. They loved athletics. They loved, you know, for them, it was fine. But it was hard for me to be away as much. So you got to balance that personal side. I think women do Um, those umbrellas that I was talking about. We find most women in the area of student services, compliance, financial aid, eligibility, because that umbrella is more family friendly. So you really have to balance. I find that to be the same for women coaches. Um, and women coaching women's teams of balancing that family uh, dynamic. And then the other thing is you have to, again, be around the, the, the revenue stream um, umbrella and really have the skill to ask somebody for resources, to ask somebody to help you financially, to make the big ask, to be aware of all the opportunities you have to generate revenue Um, And historically, again, women in athletic administration have not been at that table. And so from an early career, when you see when I see women right now who are already in athletic advancement and who are, you know, working on, you know, philanthropic efforts, I, I, I cheer them and I, you know, commend them because that's the path that you have to come up. Uh, if women are going to be athletic directors, and it's it's much it's slower moving than I thought. Again, there's there's more women ADs at Division two and Division three, and then at the non-football playing level than ever before, and that's the good news. It's just at this level, at the FBS level, the growth has been in painfully slow, and uh, and you got to be all in. This is this is not a hobby. This is this is a lot of hard work and very rewarding. Uh, but you again, you've got to be committed to really wanting to put the effort in to to, to succeed at this level.
1: I, I got to say that, you know, a lot of our listeners uh, on this podcast series and we've got, I, we couldn't have somebody better to be our 50th podcast uh-huh. than, than uh, you, Marie. Thank you. The, the, the thing that's great is our audience, our audience are... Uh, either people who are in sports in sports management programs or people who are in the business who are looking to make their way in the business and you know any of them who have the opportunity I have the opportunity to meet you, but any of them who have the opportunity to listen to you um, you can 't help but get um, excited and enthused about it and you know, I'm gonna listen. I, I'll just say it. I'm I'm gonna cheer on the Spartans this year, and I, you know, and and basically, you know, I'll throw my my friends uh, at Stanford and Cal and the other places. <laughs> I'll throw them under the bus. I mean, I think this this is the program that's 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 in, going in a great direction.
2: Well, so, thank you very uh, much. That's very kind of you. I appreciate that very much, Pat.
0: Marie, it's it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on for episode 50. And, you know, as as Pat and Andy and Fred and I continue the mission to, to share, you know, insights of people across the industry, um, we were absolutely honored to have you on uh, to be a part of that and, you know, continue to see it grow. But uh, appreciate you having on. Any last words for our listeners as... Uh, you get ready for the 2019 season. Well,
2: and it was funny because when I was with Pat, I think, Pat, when I left you, I said, okay, now, you know, keep those Spartans on your uh, prayer list, your chant list, <laughs> light a few candles, <laughs> you know, wherever you go to your place to, uh, you know, to reflect because um, this this... You know, we kind of joke a little bit that when we do get things turned around here, they're going to make a movie about us because it'll be the greatest story in the history of athletics. I don't know if that's the case, but I just appreciate you giving me the opportunity to, to talk today and to your listeners. You know, if there's ever anything I can do at San Jose State or anything, if my coaches, if there's anything we can do to help you, we would love to do so. And then in the meantime, uh, yeah, keep, keep an eye out for the Spartans. And uh, I appreciate you wishing us the very best.